0: That's very good. Okay. Radio. <sighs> All right. Let's do it. Party rock oh. is in the house tonight. Everybody, Everybody just have a good, good time. time. And we're going to make you lose your Adam had a chance. Well, he really did. Instead, he dropped out and had a couple of kids. David still is at home because he's got no job. He just plays guitar and smokes a lot of pot. Andrew committed suicide. Nathan OD'd and died. What the hell is going on? <laughs> the cruelest dream. Reality. Season 7's dark. Oh, <laughs> baby. With
1: a, with a brand new cast. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently.
0: It's all Woo! other Darren's. <laughs>
2: It's like a blackout, period joke. <laughs>
0: it's
2: the same voices, but now we're like in the war.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome! Welcome, one and all! We, our hottest 100s and thousands, Mark 2, we have taken control of your radio station. My name's David, and I'm one of the four voices you'll be hearing the next hour or so, joining me once again, another season, another year. The late, great Adam Puncher.
3: No, I just had a couple of kids. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, Maybe, be, yeah. Yeah.
0: The very dearly missed Andrew McDonald. <laughs> Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here in some form. <laughs> spooky.
1: Tupac style. Two-pack We're all holograms. So- We're all
0: holograms. <laughs> uh, and the man that will live forever, Nathan Harrison. Mm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think the best memorial act anyone could do for us is probably a five-star review. I'd
0: say so. <laughs> Getting thirsty
1: early on in well, it's But what, you know when people die and, and you just get the real like You just like talk about the good stuff they did Yeah, oh, I mean, In like a week's time there'll be some takes About how like we're not really good <laughs> like, You know like when, when like, someone dies And everyone's, everyone's just like, like hey this is not the time this is To talk time about to how problematic <laughs> hottest hundreds <laughs> and thousands were Yeah
0: um, I found out one of them wasn't nice to their bus driver In 1996 so Canceled Sorry fam
1: Can you get cancelled if you're dead?
0: Oh hell yeah. You You
1: definitely can. can. That's
2: (laughs) in a like good like parting gift to the world's lovely, maybe like, in a way, this is the ultimate cancel. (laughs) Oh my
0: god. We are one hundred songs away from escaping the nineteen nineties. Can you believe it? That's huge. It's huge. We are about to go into the twenty first century, my digital boys. The only thing that was more
3: exciting than this is when that actually happened. Like
0: yeah. When 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 actually time. <laughs> this is number 2. The way. second most it's exciting. Is. We get to relive yeah. that. We get yeah. to relive that right now. Yeah. This is
2: the year that um that Charlie wanted to go back to. So Charlie, is that not a Charlie song? Who's 99. Na- ch- from the
3: Whitlams? Yeah, that ch- you're talking about that Charlie. Charlie Bird
2: Parker? Yes. B- bit my finger. Isn't that XCX? Isn't that 999? Is oh! oh, there
0: we <laughs> <be Charlie>. go. <laughs> Well, Charlie, yes. Wanted to go back to 1999? fucking Christ, you people.
1: <laughs> You've got to yeah. be more specific, <laughs>
0: yeah. man. You picked one of the most common names on the fucking planet. Charlie Chaplin? What is yes. <laughs> <laughs> modern <laughs> times. <laughs> yes. These are the modern times. There you. Go. <laughs> you are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. Going to 1999. <laughs> Take me with you. <laughs> You do not hate, only the unloved hate And I love 1999 it Sounds like a wonderful place
2: oh, Man, we you get chaplain head over here
3: <laughs> Mate, And I don't want to get started on this train too early Also, But your chaplain kind of Sounds like Bane
2: You did want to get started on that train I kind
0: late. of did
2: David, what have we got in number 100, sir? I'm so glad you asked You won't be in a second What? Well, don't editorialise <laughs> <All right,
3: fine.
0: laughs> At number 100 from the album Internationalist, making their debut in the 1999 Otis 100, this is Powderfinger with Passenger. Far away as you could ever know, sink them all. Finger kicking us off for the 1999 Hottest 100, coming in at number 100 with the song Passenger, continuing on the legacy of their 1998 album, Internationalist, several songs of which we spoke about in the previous Countdown. Adam. Yes. You are a renowned internationalist. Yep. And uh, you recently uh, came around and listened to this record properly for the first time. Correct? Well, I
3: started to. I got distracted halfway through. <laughs>
0: yeah. Damn <laughs> that, me. That's that's yeah. the most Adam thing that's ever happened. Uh, uh, really. Shit on. Yeah. All right. All right, mate. We've all got stuff going. <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah.
3: Exactly. This is an oppressive, oppressive start to this countdown. First of all, shout out the getting the number one hundred spot. And the number Not one. Not easy. Spot. Oh, spoiler alert! Right. <laughs> no. It's uh, well, spoiler alert. Yeah, mm. but um, Ocean Alley. Exactly. There's a link to oh, you want a to, reference to Ocean Alley? A link to Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times. Because yes. <laughs> um, the only other time that this has happened is in the most recent Hottest One Hundred countdown. So, but uh, like, really, to me, when I look at this, when I look at the, the Powderfinger occupying the number one hundred spot and the number one spot, it just seems. All the more oppressive. Like, we are in the... It's
1: a real authoritarian rule. That's
3: right. Like, they, it could have been some new up-and-coming Australian band. Like, look at 1998's Countdown. You Not had... from there. Not from there. Zick Erfnen. Zick Fantastic song. But no. Powderfinger have decreed you will hear us at the beginning. And you will hear us at the end. And you will hear us two more times <laughs> in the
1: middle. Four fingers. And they're really part of, f- like, the legislative tight... assembly at this point. Fist of oppression mm. it's
3: just like i can just imagine like triple j
1: you
0: know they had nothing to do with it right they didn't vote oh oh no. Oh, oh, no. oh david sweet david <laughs> oh my sweet, sweet naive child. david <laughs> are you saying they're the george bush of fucking honest <laughs> 100 votes and we
1: <laughs> are the michael moore uh, yeah. <laughs> let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you
0: never seen the shame of- on you mr fanning shame <laughs> on you <laughs>
3: It's just that that footage of Bernard Fanning looking directly into camera, saying, "Now I am become Bernald, destroyer of worlds," and the Triple J stops going like, "We are all sons of bitches."
0: Like that's <laughs> Richard Kingsmill's reading a book to the kids, and then someone whispers in he's ear that Powderfinger have attacked.
2: <laughs> Powderfinger Pat- have number one hundred and number one in- No, 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 no Rolling Stones one hundred countdown. What have they done? <laughs> just like stares off blankly. Holding the book.
3: <laughs> People were so worried about Y2K, they didn't realize the true threat it was Powderfinger powder all along. Finger. The thing that makes it even more oppressive than that is two albums, two Powderfinger albums are represented here. We start off with an Internationalist, and then we move on to Odyssey number five. Mumbo number five!
0: Yes, which... Ha- that hadn't even come out yet. Well, exactly. These were the lead singles from uh, that. Uh, but, yeah,
2: so it's... these were late-release singles and the other ones are
0: early-release yeah, singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So...
3: Okay. Totalitarian State. I yeah, think... But,
0: uh, this... Do you actually like this song or not, though? <laughs> <laughs> this is Powderfinger at their
3: most powderfingeriest, I I'd, would say. Yeah, like I'd, if, I, I'd agree with that. If you don't like Powderfinger, and even if you do kind of like Powderfinger, <laughs> <laughs> when Bernard sings... Stand in the, in the corner. Is that bad? Is that bit
1: bad? Kind of, that's, that's the question. No, I, I have. love that bit. Isn't that bit like fingernails on a chalkboard though? Like it's it, for I, you. I, when mm. I hear
3: it, I do kind of go like, "Oh, is this is this okay? I don't know." But as for the rest of the song, like
2: I think the chorus is really it's pretty good. The chorus is the best part. The bit, where yeah. it, the, <laughs> the kick in bit of the like, if you if you want to be a passenger, is by yeah. far like because. Powderfinger, even if you love them You would never say they're a particularly like exciting band They're like a, a comforting band if you like them I'm not a big fan of Powderfinger And I, d- I, don't, I don't think I knew this song If I did, I
1: certainly would Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I knew it This
0: is like one of their bigger hits Yeah, clearly, like it's mm. in the countdown
1: Andrew and I are in the underground resistance Trying to avoid all the Oh, of yeah. course it's, 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 it's That's not- how they
0: get you, man <laughs> Is
3: it like Bird Box? You just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> You guess. have to plug your ears up Yeah <laughs>
2: There was something I thought um, from the, the wiki article on this thing. Um, yeah. It says um, Passenger has uh, a recurring theme in uh, like it, Bernard Fanning's songwriting. Immer- like He has a fascination with the banality of routine and they particularly mm. side of the lines the same places you'd prefer to be than a frame by a picket fence and a salary as an example of this. And like, well, like, I'm not a big fan of Powderfinger, but I'm here for that take. And I think there yeah. is something, like tons of the art that I really like like in, in literature and that as well. Like, I think of Dave Foster Wallace, and, like Zadie Smith, Haruki Murakami, write about the monality of routine. I really, really like that. And like yeah. back when I had the time and motivation to write fiction and in the future time when I'm positive I'll write a book, yeah, <laughs> commit you that to fucking audio. Nah, um, man, the, like, that's the kind of thing I'm interested in, in art. And I really, um, then reading that and then going back to the song, did give me a new level of appreciation for it, reading through the lyrics. Even though just musically, it's not at all my cup of tea, but I can't deny that he knows what he's doing lyrically. And then he's
3: taking that banality of the everyday and then looking for a way to escape that. That's what being the passenger is, you know, mm. you can't climb aboard with me. I, he's kind of positioning himself as the as almost a messianic figure
1: being able to deliver that, right? Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. But there's a nice irony as well in, like, in escaping the everyday, you will be the passenger. Like, yeah. there is a beautiful irony in that. It's like, if you want to escape this, this boring, mundane, everyday life, like, come with me, but that, you, you're the passenger. You're not in the driver's seat. You're not taking the action there. Like, well,
3: I, it's interesting, I and mean, this goes back to what they were trying to do with the song, is they were trying to do, like, almost an Elvis homage, apparently, you look at what they were looking at when they were trying to do this. So that's and I think you can kind of hear it when you look listen to the chorus, you go like, Oh yeah, I can imagine Elvis doing that. And that's where the horns come in, and also where those kind of like almost gospel inspired backing vocals come uh, in. Once again done by Titus. Yes. Who did similar vocal work for the track we talked about in last year's uh Is that the day you at you least come? top ten, yeah, the day you come.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So they're back again. They're all over this record. But I think like saying passenger and the positioning of Bernard, as as vocalist, in this larger-than-life, salvation-y kind of role, is it just, just drawing upon that gospel influence, I think, more than anything else.
2: Yeah, but also yeah. That, that touches on like how in any art, if it's successful and gets known and discovered by people, that's about the banality of routine and like the humdrum of everyday life is inherently hypocritical. Even, like, in terms of light I like, like, The Office, right, the TV series, about, like, the humdrum lives of these people who, in reality, are multimillionaire international film stars.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, like... Yeah, but they weren't at one point. No, I like, no, but yeah. that's the
2: thing. But once it gets successful, that they are. And then yeah. the show goes on for ten years, and then it's just, like, a, like...
3: But that doesn't discredit the real lived experience that they have had.
2: Definitely not. But, like, I don't know if Steve Carell ever had a, like, crappy job as an office paper supply salesman.
3: But even if you are in that position and you do make art about that, that then becomes successful, well, that is the thing that elevates you out of it.
2: Yeah, exactly right. So- That's what I'm, saying, that you, I'm saying you can't win. It's worthy of aspiration. Like I said, it's art that I really like, yeah. but I, I do think there is a built-in hypocrisy. If something can be successful enough to make you a known creator of art, you, like maybe the very start, maybe you're right there, maybe the very start you can be, mm. but if that gets you successful, you can't ever make a second thing that does it because you're a rich guy now.
3: I reckon you could just be haunted
2: enough by it that you well, you'd kind hope of draw, draw back. You'd hope, Ber- <laughs> you'd hope Bernard is
0: haunted. Do you guys care that little about Powderfinger that you'd rather talk about fucking Dunder Mifflin? <laughs> yes, actually, I would. <laughs> Bernard Fanning is the rival company to Dunder Mifflin. Holy shit, it sounds like good Bernard be. Fanning.
3: <laughs> just a couple of points on that as well. Like, I think, number one, you're discounting the ability to engage imaginatively with circumstances, which I think is pretty important. And also... I wouldn't discount the fact that even if you are successful, you have to deal with the every day. There's still some banal shit you have to do.
2: No, of course. yeah. Sophia Cobble is one of my favorite directors. She writes about... For mm. banal every day, and she's like, yeah. all her stuff is all like bougie people.
3: She might, I mean, you can be bougie and live in a very banal way. No, I know, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Everything about this is pure Powderfinger, yes, yeah, so but powder but read, reading the lyrics once I was contextualized about this experience of the mundane did give me a deeper appreciation for the song. and I, I, I liked it more than I the first listen, I'm like, ah, oh, it's fucking more Powderfinger, and then in a re evaluation, I'm like, you know what, there is something here. I get why people might have voted for this, it's certainly not my cup of tea at all, mm. but I, I, I get what he was striving for at least.
3: That's kind of huge because you're normally. No, yeah, like down on the finger. Yeah,
2: again, I don't don't love the song at all. Like, Mm. I would never have voted for it at all. But like, I get what he's doing. And again, every every criticism I do have of Powderfinger about like them being like boring, whiny, soft music, they're undeniably good at what they fucking do. They're successful as shit with a huge fan base, and like, he's a better songwriter than I'm ever gonna fucking be. I'm not like trying to say he's terrible at his job. But he just doesn't make music for me at all. Just well, mm, wait like. till you write that novel, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. you got to blow him out of the water. <laughs> He'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
1: got to give it to this Andrew guy. Get a pull quote. <laughs> I think he and I would really get along. <laughs> I'm going to send him some Powderfinger albums.
3: <laughs> Do you get along with Bernold?
1: No, not really. Oh. Look, this song. This song is all right. I just that bridge bit. That's standing. In the, it's it's bad. I think it sounds bad. It gets to that bit of the song, and I'm like, this feels like there's been a mistake made. <laughs> well, actually, I don't get that. Funny. I never have. I didn't either, to be honest. Speaking I thought it was a bridge. <laughs>
3: speaking of mistakes, um, apparently the guitars are out of tune somewhere here. I, maybe maybe it,
1: that's part of it. Maybe yes. I'm just really sensitive to things like
0: that. <laughs> be- I mean, you do have perfect pitch. Yeah, that's well, that's right.
1: right. Like perfect bitch.
0: Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Really? I don't know. <laughs> you're you're going to write a book? Or... God damn it. That's the entire first chapter. That's the title. More Like Perfect Bitch. More Like Perfect Bitch. But you've
1: seen that um, new Tim Winton cover with the shitty, like, goat wearing sunglasses? Yeah. It's just that
0: cover? Yeah. More Like Perfect <laughs> Bitch. Wait, goat wearing sunglasses? Mm, really? Yeah. It's about a goat in a coastal town. Yeah. <laughs> he just loves the sea. <laughs> oh, my God. He
2: needs I to understand it. himself a bit better. That'd be so funny to write a Tim Winton book about a goat. <laughs> <laughs> so Called funny. A perfect remember. bitch. <laughs> perfect bitch. No context for why. <laughs> the goat's is- the assistant manager of like the local football team. <laughs> and then like the, the coach is sitting there with him on the beach. And he's just like, I don't know, mate. Why did you leave the big city? And the goat just looks at him and goes... Because <laughs> he's a goat.
0: <laughs> I can't love you until you learn to love yourself.
2: <laughs> no, I'm taking the kids.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh God. Get
0: it? Get it?
3: Oh, Holy God. fucking shit. All right, David, you've been pulling some faces during this powder figure discussion. Yeah. Is
0: because you love this? I do. I mean, this is one of... Like, within the first ten, like, CD singles that I ever bought. I think this is one of my first, like, proper entryways in Powerfinger along with The Day You Come. And I remember this video especially, very specifically, because they're all, like, travelling around. It's, like, a weird, like, clown car kind of thing where they get inside normal-sized suitcases and they're somehow able to fit all their shit in there. And it's kind of funny. Um, and, yeah, like, growing up, me and my siblings used to, like get get out mum's fucking suitcases and see if we can replicate it. Needless to <laughs> say we could not. It's very cute. Yeah. I, I like the transitions here, like going from the G major of the verses transitioning into the F sharp uh of the bridge into the B minor of the chorus. So like having those three different stations to kind of work around like they're like within one another's spectrums but they're not really their relative major or minors to the other so yeah it's kind of interesting to to see that kind of play out purely from a musical perspective yeah having the horns come in uh, is really 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 cool yeah yeah anytime there's horns it's really 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 well done uh and yeah those great backing vocals like the the Hammond organ, like, yeah, there's lots of stuff in the layering of this song that I really, really like. It's one of the standout tracks from Internationalist, in my opinion. I think it's a, yeah, just a really, really strong song and definitely a song that has kind of stood the test of time and I think holds up in terms of their greater canon. I remember the CD single especially because it had the live acoustic from Live at the Wireless version of Pick You Up, and that was my first time hearing Pick You Up. And so I was just like, oh, this is cool. And then when I heard this, the band version for the first time, I was like, oh, wow, this is even better. You know, being like eight, nine years old and discovering Australian music and, you know, bands like Padfinger and Living End and stuff like that. Like, this is like very early on for me. And uh, yeah, joke about go to the office. All <laughs> I All I have is like genuinely, oh, I actually kind of like this song. That era of
2: like just having the money to buy the CD single and then finding the live or acoustic versions of songs and being super familiar with them yeah, before and you then hear he- the original. Man, Dude, I
0: had that with Bound for the Floor by Local H. I don't think I know that song. we, we ta- talked we- We've it. literally talked about it. I'm sure I definitely and remember it. And you just <laughs> don't get it. You keep all oh, right Oh, right. Yeah, thank said you. Yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right Bound, like for there, the yeah. <laughs> Bound
2: for the Floor. <laughs> <laughs> Bound for the Floor.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. So, I had the CD single for All the Kids Are Right, which was a single from the next Local H album. And the B-side for that was the acoustic version of Bound for the Floor. Classic. Mm. And so, then when I heard the original, I was just like, oh, sick.
1: That's even better. <laughs> oh, it was a good choice to not just do it acoustically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number
0: 99. 99. This is Eskimo Joe with Ruby. Wednesday. I met
1: a girl who would travel the world for free. She told me her phone number, told me to call.
0: That was Eskimo Joe at number 99, making their debut in the Hottest 100. What? Of 1999. Oh, right. Uh, With the song Ruby Wednesday. Uh, A young, innocent baby boy, Eskimo Joe. Uh, Back before all the self-serious days of scarves and pianos, they were just... uh, uh, a young, scrappy little rock band, and oh god, I, ro- I romanticize this era so much, but like, everything up to Girl, like, fuck, I love so, so much. Like, I have such a special place in my heart for for this era, just because there's just such a childlike innocence to what they were doing, you know? They were just kids just kicking around, you know? They didn't expect to get massive. There's just something so fun about hearing them just thrash through this song. It's oh, just got that po- classic, like pop punk energy and you know like, complete fucking nonsense lyrics and just it's just so much fun like it reminds me of like jabber dyer and like a lot of the more like fast paced and like energetic like pub rock stuff going around at the time you're I- such bratty young punks here right? yeah i know it'd be weird if they played these songs still like I get why they don't, but mm. like fuck, I would fucking lose it if they were just like in the middle of like their piano ballads or whatever, and they am just like ah, I knew what God! and I was like fucking get out of my way, cunt, <laughs> and fucking <laughs> climb on some heads. I like, love that yeah.
2: this um the video for this starts with the the very classic nineties oh music God. trope of the the other song playing on the radio, yeah, the sweater, like, the sweater song. songs playing on the radio, and like they argue over it not like the <laughs> <Being laughs> in the
1: video goes for so long, yeah, it's almost like, half it's just, the goddamn clip, yeah, oh, because the song itself. Else, like 146 goddamn, or something yeah, yeah it's under two Und, yeah. under two minutes and still too long you don't Ooh. pay this yeah. Oh, i really don't like this of course, <laughs> dude it's of fucking fun. you
0: don't of course you don't Jeez. i for one i'm shocked what the hell good. man it's not even long enough to dislike it's just like some fun <laughs> <laughs> bratty pop <laughs> punk song it's just long
3: enough to work up a good hate. <laughs> yeah
1: well they give you extra time in the video yeah, for that you're like yeah build it up here it comes <laughs> they prep you it's just the one thing again and again but it's not a good enough thing and then, like, rhyming sometimes and rhymes. This is like, come mm. on. We've watched in this countdown, like, bands like Jebediah and Grinspoon, like, start out really young and start playing around with stuff. These guys are leagues behind, like, where those guys ever were. Why is this here? It's not good enough. Yeah, what the hell, man? That's insane.
2: This is exactly- yeah, hell this, no. This is super in the the same ballpark of those early, like, Jebediah
1: and, like- No, I like- think, I think the, the level of craft and promise- that those bands showed at that at point. At the very start. At the very start. Really? Is way higher than this. No, I mean, this, this to is, me is like... This is not worth this a second, second listen. This to me is like Dead Cat three times, kind of. No, like. even that is so... Like, there's there's stuff going on there. And in this, it's like nothing. No, I pay this, man. Just a minute 40 of, like, bratty pop punk.
3: Yeah. Like, okay, so, like, I'm kind of the midway here. Because I do think it is fun. I, I like the harmonies. That's really really nice. I think they're handled really well. The dis- oh
0: yeah, the, Stew and uh, Cav. Yeah, the
3: way it descends the melody, the vocal melody down into the 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 beats, the, the on the beats of that of every know, the time down. though. Yeah, but as you said, it's not very long. And I think I I don't Feels think long. musically the idea outstays it. Welcome, however, if you have so few lyrics, why the fuck would you put the fucking grand nan line yeah. and then like saying like that was a lie? It's like what. It was a lie that you had a, the your nan was called Grad and it's like, well, it doesn't make sense. And it's like, I kinda think it's punk to not care about your lyrics, but the fact that they show that they don't care that much kind of undoes
1: that. It's it's that thing of being like introducing a non sequitur and then being like, Oh, that actually didn't matter And it's just like, Well Yeah, yeah that's you right. didn't need to be there. Yeah, and that, yeah. honestly that's my opinion for this the whole song. <laughs> There's nothing that like is worth I think it was Rolling Stone Australia. These guys at this point got um, number two on their brightest hope for 1999 poll. That is some unbright hope. <laughs> Dude. I think mean, like, porn was number three. <laughs> this is a surprise, man. I, good.
2: I honestly didn't pay attention to the lyrics. It yeah, like, if you did, close it shows, yeah, close yeah, call. Close call. Yeah, it shows, Andrew. <laughs> um, they're You're like, going to write just... a book. But <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Words are important, um, man. Like, I just think this is fun, silly, fucking cool. Childish, like, bunch of... How old are they here, David? Like, 18, 19?
1: Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. Dorky teenagers doing a bit of silly punk rock. I, I just don't... I just don't think it, like... Really? It holds. I think it outwears his welcome after, like, two lots of that thing. Wow. And, yeah. if they the, just Big the man
2: league. bullying a bunch of teenagers. It's well,
1: it makes me feel man. big. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's why I'm here.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we do it a lot. Yeah. we, we to, do. To be fair. Ah, yeah. um, oh, damn it. If they just <laughs> changed that grand man line... there'd only be a
1: lot more to fix still (laughs) (laughs) i just don't sure it's fun or whatever but i i don't see the spark that i see when i listen to like early early, jebediah um and like dead cat three times you know all that stuff that i'm like oh this is silly they're fun yeah they're really young and they're still like getting there but those songs for me have a spark that i'm like and also like partly like, like i see what you're coming from because like
2: like, I know what Jebedire and Grinspoon got, went on to write, and also I know what Eskimo Joe went on yeah, to write. I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: it's hard to not. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, in those songs, I see a band worth investing in, and mm. in this, I 100% do not see a band worth investing in. Yeah, yet. right. At
0: number 98 this is Sugar Ray with Every Money. Coming in at number 98 in the 1999 Hardest 100, that's Every Morning from the album 1459. One of the biggest hits on record of the summer. One of the big crossover hits at the turn of the century. This is where Sugar Ray are trying to maintain their popularity after the fluke success of their hit single Fly from a couple of years prior. Which I don't think we talked about. Nope. So this, this is, is this is actually their first time. First on and only time. Only. There you go. Small mercies. I remember this very, very distinctly as I'm sure everyone in this room does. Well, I hadn't heard this.
1: <laughs>
0: that was good though. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, a really wow. tried. Yeah. yeah. Acting. I was they there had it for a second. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. had scene. a oh. and scene. And scene. <laughs> It's weird coming back to this song after so, so many years. Obviously, it's, you know, very douchey and very broy and, like, all that sort of shit. But there's enough going on here to just make you still love it after all this time like i i have a lot of nostalgia attached to this song and 1459 was an out my hat on cassette as well and mm-hmm. that was a fun record to go back and revisit it's fucking cooked it's so strange like really why uh it's i'm it's never gonna listen stylistic- to that album, so. it's stylistically very all over the place right because um, they were kind of like a bit of a thrash they were like they, new metal yeah yeah they, they were kind of like a punky funky metal kind of thing funky yeah. funky metal man that's one funky monkey
3: <laughs> the one track i heard from lemonade and brownies, I think is the name. Yeah, of the first, yeah, yeah, yeah. First release. Yeah, it kind of sounded like Grinspoon to me. Yeah. but
0: not as good. Mm. It's not great. It's no. not a great record. No. But yeah, the opening track on that record is a song called New Direction, which is them like pretending to be a death metal band for like two minutes. It's fucking hilarious. Are they a joke band? No, no, they were kind of t- tossing up the uh, like making a joke about oh we're a super like popular pop band now. Like this is our new direction. This is what we sound like now. So like they do stuff like that to like fuck with people and like joke around about it. Well, and they make fun
3: of death metal too.
0: (laughs) You 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 understand what fourteen fifty nine is, right? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, because it's about their fifteen minutes of fame. Fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, yeah, not
0: quite up. Not quite up. (laughs) Give us
1: one more second, please. (laughs) 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 One more second of TMZ interviews, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mark McGrath still gets interviewed by TMZ all the goddamn time. He does.
3: What does TMZ stand for?
0: Uh, teenage zone.
3: Mutants Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fast on that. Yeah, really. Both old. were. It was uh, good. Andrew's on fire today.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, think, I don't think it stands for anything. Probably like. Tag
0: and Malsey Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 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 okay, not as good. Hey, look. I liked uh, it more. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. They jump around a lot, like, stylistically on that record. Like, there's a bit of hip-hop, there's a bit of punk, there's a bit of funk, there's a bit of pop, obviously, like, in terms of, like, the big hits like this and Someday. And they held on to that commercial success for a little bit longer. And this is probably their best record, in my humble opinion. I understand how naff this song is, and I've seen every other dissection of this song and how, you know, terrible the lyrics are and shit like that, but... It's something that, you know, I'm not fucking like putting it on. Like, I'm not going out of my way to listen to it. But if it ever comes on, I'm just like, huh, nice. That's, just like that's for me. Having anyway. people
1: over and be like, I'm to chuck on a Sugar Ray album. What do you guys think? <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> uh, d- Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> TMZ stands for 30 Mile Zone, which refers to the, like, the studio zone around Hollywood. Like, uh, that like where they usually do all their reporting. I liked your answers better. Mm. Thanks, yeah. man. Okay. Um, well, now I know. Yeah, but uh, this this song sucks, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, sucks, yeah. sucks, sucks just, a lot.
3: Oh yeah, sucks a whole heap.
2: Yeah, shitty so dude, bro, jock jam,
1: self indulgent, <laughs> smarmy white trash <laughs> so kind of. Sm- so, so smarmy. smarmy. Someone yeah. else said the word yeah. smarmy because
3: yeah. I just, I just if that riff had a face, you'd want to punch it, right? Mm. Yeah, I
1: can, I can,
2: I can feel the dude and fondling the it ball. It's, it's his he, face. Yeah. Have you seen
1: his, He's like that, like smarmy Ethan Hawke nineties face, but like. Oh come on! Doubled over itself. Gattaca's like, a great film. Let's not drag Ethan Hawke. He just looks like <laughs> like a worse version of Ethan Hawke. That's I not know. hard. Ethan Hawke's a very handsome. All man. right, all right.
0: Have you seen Gattaca? <laughs> He's like Ethan Hawke at the end of Boyhood. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: He looks really good in the- Gattaca. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: true. Yeah, I see. A part of me wonders if this hadn't been overplayed to the extent that it has been. Like, obviously, it's got to be like ridiculous amount of airplay, right? Just an absurd, sickening amount of airplay. You, um, even,
3: oh, you don't even know, man. Uh, you weren't even, there, you, man. You weren't you there, there. You weren't yeah. there
2: every, every morning. Every morning, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Um I worked on commercial radio for, yeah. <laughs> for context on that.
2: But okay. I am saying, if it wasn't, would it serve as a song that you are like? Because it got me thinking about like, the difference between like, songs that like are a good time capsule of an era mm. and songs that are fucking stuck in a goddamn era like yeah we've talked yeah we talked, yeah, talked about that so if so it wasn't so oversaturated bit. would it still
1: w- would we still so hate are it so are you pitching much. a film about a universe where Sugar Ray never existed
3: starring Ethan Hawke <laughs> his life's Gattano. about to
1: change <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so I was riffing on the movie yesterday for a moment. What a fucking bad idea! Oh my god, <laughs> it's so such a bad idea for a movie, man. It's, I hate it so much. Hasn't,
3: and, and isn't there the whole thing that it, like apparently that idea has been done already
1: uh, a, a, a bunch of times? But also, it times. was done with a guy called Jack doing it with the Beatles. Like, yeah, someone right. wrote that as a book, and so funny, man. Right. I like, I guess, I guess this universe, this movie takes place in universe where someone didn't write that story yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. Easy way <laughs> to get around that. Nah.
2: Yeah. Famously, the rights to have actual Beatles songs in your films are insanely expensive. That's mm. why you nearly always just hear covers of Beatles songs. Mm. And that was in that... Is it I Am Sam, is it called? Yes. Yeah, where they're, yeah. All, be- they're all Beatles, Beatles covers. Tripping. Fuck, that's a great um, soundtrack. Yeah, great soundtrack. I um, like the Beatles. Um You <laughs> like Beatles covers. I do. <laughs> and, I like, and, and this is just a really, really fucking convenient way for them to just like market on the fact that people are still depressingly have like big bonus for the Beatles music and then also not pay to have any Beatles songs in your movie. Like anyway, what a crappy film. Yeah. It's it, it's it's truly the what's it called? Every morning of movies. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I like that
2: you needed to check your notes yeah. on that. That's that the level that of just, disdain that we want. Truly, this i, I, I It's so that, bad. No, I, I, I didn't know what the song's name was. Like, yeah. I, I saw Sugar. I'm like, I know the band Sugar. What do I don't know that name from? Like, what's every morning? I and mean, then as soon as I click the YouTube link, I'm like, oh, this fucking song, obviously. But it was the, the biggest, like, oh, it's this song for me in ages mm. because, like, I know this song, but I'd never, ever, ever heard the desire to hear it. So I never looked it up or knew it at all. I've just known it in the ether, right? So, like,
3: the Offspring bring a kind of Californian brattiness to their music. And it's really easy to get on board with that because it's got that high energy. And it's just something about... It is obnoxious, but there's something about that obnoxiousness that feels like it's with you. This song, to me, brings that same obnoxiousness, but putting it in the context of mainstream pop means that it's it's more egregious it's harder to get on side it feels like it's coming at me and not traveling with me but it's still it's it, coming it, in it's, hot <laughs> it's that same californian obnoxiousness you know what i mean like these guys yeah. are so californian just on a basic sound level i just don't like the sounds this song makes it's just this, and there's something about the tone right it's just is so self-satisfied The whole thing. It's also like, I don't care for what it's about being like being in a relationship with a girl who is cheating on you all the time. But, you know, she's so dang hot and I love her so much that I guess I'll just forgive her. Like that being sung by a dude, bro, I think just feeds into like a really crappy culture. Yeah. It's
2: just. Is that what it's about?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Halo, I believe, is a condom.
2: Well, that's, one, Johnny, that's one reading of it. Yeah. What's the, What's the lyric that has the word halo? Um, every
3: morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's four-post bed. So oh, right. Every, every night song, she's yeah. fucking cheating on me, but I'll yeah, take her back yeah. because she always writes the wrong for me. Or or me but, but also he's like,
1: like, so maybe I'll do some cheating too. But also... Yeah, and
2: it's just me, like, well, maybe it's yeah, just the it's, one condom that hangs there. She's just a filthy well. housemate. <laughs> See, my,
0: my reading of it growing up was there's a halo hanging on the corner of my girlfriend's four-post bed was that... She was never she. She was an angel. Like she was yeah, always. Right. Yeah. I yeah. thought that
1: too. But as, she yeah. took
3: the halo off and hung mm. it up because mm. she wasn't an angel.
0: Ah, that's what, that's there part, we go.
2: Part time angel. Part time angel. It's never a movie. Yeah. Like part time angel.
3: Or, or, or a, Charlie
0: X yeah. 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 Charlie X yeah. is the part time yeah. angel. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, it'd, it'd be someone like. Um, remember
0: that movie Michael with fucking like, um John Travolta no oh, yeah he was a, he was a an was an angel like oh
2: yeah, I do is that one of those ones where they've got to earn their wings no. that'd be part time angel right I have to earn <laughs> yeah, yeah Ethan Hawke has to earn his wings it's, yeah. by helping out Que vanne Wallace solve crime. <laughs> All right, yeah. all right, so keep a screen- talking. talking. Yeah. A screenplay right now. A, it's a backdoor... <laughs> it's moved on from novels. It's You know, you know how um, Split was a backdoor sequel to Unbreakable? This is a backdoor <laughs> sequel to Beast of the Southern Wild. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael. And Michael. Man, Beast of the Southern Wild
3: is like one of the best movies ever Ah, it's made. perfect.
2: Ah, it's so good. <laughs> the sequel's not going to be as
3: good. <laughs> also Gattaca, pretty good. <laughs> mm.
2: Part of this is like the song is so utterly 1999 with its weird kind of sample work going in there, yeah. obnoxious pop. DJ... Wop, wop, wop. DJ sh- going in there.
3: No, but what's the DJ's name? He had a really, like... DJ Homicide. Way too aggressive. Uh, yeah. DJ Homicide? Yeah. For Sugar Ray? Really? That's dude? not
2: cool. Mm. Yeah, Homicide isn't well, you th- cool. You think Homicide is cool? You want to come to my house and say that, buddy? <laughs> <'Cause
0: you're- laughs> He's also the guy yeah. that says, shut the door, baby. Oh, Don't right. say a word. Yeah, um, yeah that's weird.
2: This is the worst part of like, cause we can talk about like 90s music, everyone romanticizes like cool bits of grunge and trip hop and Brit pop. And there's all you forget. There's a bunch of bad things, at the tail end of the nineties that we, yeah. It wasn't think, all great. Yeah. I think we romanticized the pre nine 11 days a bit too much.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably. But it's just such a, like I listening to this, I'm very aware of how poisoned my brain is to enjoy this. Like I've been yep. trained by pop culture and, and also by like nineties nostalgia that like, Mm, the, this bully. is just like this is just like a lot, you know. Oh, I remember this great pop song or whatever,
0: but it's like actually bad, mm, it's super bad. I, for one, am shocked you guys didn't like this. <laughs> I, I, it's just a, such a personal affront to me. <laughs> the surprise more than anything is yeah. what gets it. I'm mm. sure. I'm going home with Mark McGrath. He's the only one who understands me. Oh, don't. <laughs> is that the
3: guy who almost looks like Ethan Hawke? Yeah,
0: the very same. He wasn't in Gatticom, so Number 97, it's The Offspring, with the kid's aunt, alright? Coming in at 97 in the 1999 Hottest 100, making their debut in the Hottest 100 of 1999. There it is. <laughs> uh, that's The Kids Aren't Alright, it's from the album Americana. The title is a play on the Who single, The Kids Are Alright. It's then. not It's not an answer song, it's just a kind of, just like, huh eh, yeah. eh. And yeah. uh, then nod. we had uh, Cash and Jobs <laughs> and Hope. <laughs> and now, Kids so Aren't Alright. You have to say
2: Steve Jobs, Johnny Cash and Bob Hope, or you're just talking about <laughs> ideas. <laughs> it's not a part anymore. Um, yeah, I... I've mentioned in the past, and I assume dedicated listeners have gone back and listened to all 120 hours of the podcast and memorized my takes. But Hi, William Beatty. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the Offspring were, have always been my favourite, like go-to pop punk band of the 90s. Um, they were the second band I ever remember really liking as a band. Um, Who was the first again? Presidents. Presidents. Oh. Yeah, Presidents of, the United States of America. <laughs> I also listened to this podcast, William. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a friendship quiz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: ding, ding ding. Presidents
2: USA. Great. As compared to the band, which... uh... I wrote that down to make that fucking joke. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I'm such a, such a funny guy. The Offspring, great. Americana was the first record of theirs that I remember owning on CD. Mm-hmm. So huge nostalgia attached to this song for me. I always loved it. There's an energy and an anger to this that is lacking in a lot of other Offspring songs that I guess in a certain way perhaps opened the doorway to me to actually, like. not that I was getting into punk rock properly when I was goddamn 9 or 10 when I was when this came out, but like in a way, it perhaps opened the door to me finding actual punk rock. Like the anger that's in this song is right. more present than compared to like "Pretty Fire for a White Guy" or whatever. Oh yeah, which is not very angry. Um, no, not very. <laughs> Dexter at his peak is got to be one of like, the best kind of like those tenor punk rock singers for holding those woes and those ah, uh, those sustained bits in that. Like he does it so goddamn well, and it's always sing alongable. And like I've read some like cynical takes on the Offspring as a band for being like kind of almost like finger-tutting, like a centrist cop band to be like, ah, oh, look, you you kids are being naughty kind of thing, like in some in some no, of the material. I don't think that, no, but I, I, have, I have read a few takes of that. Yeah, and they no, talk so. about this song as well. I'm like, I just think this is like the song being about just some bummer things that happened to some people like yeah like the pe- pe- people people like not
3: their, it's not their fault yeah exactly it's just it, it just, just and, and and that
2: that happens man like i'm mm. sure we all know people who had serious potential and then and then just like dropped out and became just like like stoners or overdose victims
1: or suicide victims or just, yeah. didn't, make or just didn't, didn't make podcasts didn't make podcasts yeah yeah but it was inspired by um dexter i think going through where he grew up, like, went for a drive along there and it's yeah, just, like, yeah, right. kind of reflected that sort of no one else really got out yeah. of that. And, like, a lot of people, very tragic things had happened. But at the time, when you're young, you're like, oh, we can do anything. and Yeah.
3: And it's also fitting into what Americana as an album was trying to do. Yeah. Just kind of, like, just present a bunch of stories about modern day... America and you know don't, doing it through a punk lens doing it through maybe somewhat of a socially conscious lens or whatever but you know you also have songs like pretty fly for a white guy which is not like without its social commentary it's, really. still, about, uh, an Amer- yeah. it's still about
2: a specific notion of American culture right.
3: it is it, it very much is yeah. so that's kind of what they were trying to do and they were trying to do it in a way that was kind of like you know that the way that American culture presented itself as well in a really trashy way like apparently Jerry Springer was a really big influence on the album in fact they wanted to at some point they were playing with the idea of naming the songs after Jerry Springer episodes. So, like naming a song Stripper Wars.
2: Yeah, and the, um, one, like one of the initial uh, names of the record was taken from a Jerry Springer clip, and it was going to be called You're Too Fat To Do Porn.
0: Which- That's great. Right. In
2: terms of decisions, <laughs> probably a good one to go with Americana. Yeah, yep. Yep. Guys,
3: yeah. Guys, would um, not have
1: aged very well. <laughs>
3: You know what I love about Americana? Because I also have a huge nostalgic connection to Americana. Mm. But even like going back and looking at it now, the art is so Art's sick. Art rules, man.
2: It's awesome it's art. It's so that, cool, that man. That kid's swinging with the cockroach on the swing. Yeah. 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 And all the booklet art Very is really good. cool the, as well. And it's yeah.
3: like the, the motif of there being tentacles and yeah. everything. And this weird kind of like
2: eldritch horror mm. running through. It's just it's just really cool. Like The band's in great form. Noodles wailing on that guitar riff, getting a fucking choice. Just like the rhythm section, keeping it all mean. This is... In terms of the tone of the song, like it's like the minor key anger of it all sounds probably mm. one of their more punk rock songs that would make at this time. And I'm fucking here for it even now. I think it's a banger.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: I mean, I really
3: liked this song when I first discovered it when I was getting into Americana as a kid. It's... It, <laughs> It's a song that's forever ruined by the fact that I tried to learn to play it on guitar. So Ooh. like, I've talked about this before. Like, I try and listen to the riff, and I just imagine what it sounded like when I was trying to learn it, it was just like <laughs> out of time and yeah. just not.
2: Really- I was about to say I don't listen to Osprey very much anymore, but then maybe maybe like once a year, I like have a bit too much to drink and just put Osprey on shuffle on iTunes and just yeah. get overwash with nostalgia. That's, that's always that's nice. That's pure man. Yeah, but like, and this, I'm never like thinking, oh man, time to listen to the kids. aren't all all right. But when it comes on, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. yeah see, true. I
3: when I when I went back and listened to this, like I. Expected to get into it more than I did. It was kind of mm. a little bit disappointing.
1: Sort of same. I was yeah. never into the Offspring as much, certainly growing up. But then coming back to it, for this I was like, oh, in my head it was bigger. Like it's a bigger song in my head.
3: Right. I think I had the same kind of reaction. I'm mm.
1: mm. not sure um, what that is. It's obviously still great, and and I haven't seen the Offspring live, but I imagine this would be great live. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and that
3: opening guitar riff in particular is really, really cool. It's maybe one of the most standout Offspring riffs. Potentially, just what I'm interested in songwriting and what I've kind of listened to since has meant that I, when I come back and I look at this, it kind of seems a little bit melodramatic and maybe a bit too simplistic or whatever.
2: It is definitely melodramatic. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, argue it's not. But I'm, yeah, yeah, I, partly it's nostalgia for me. But I'm, I'm here for this, David. Back me up
0: here. No, yeah, totally. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand like the severity of the situation. When you're a kid. You're just like, oh yeah. Playing guitar and smoking whatever pot is. I don't know what that is. I I had no idea what it was when I was a fucking child. Yeah, right. Not a damn clue. Like, as you get older, you kind of realize, fuck, that could apply to so many situations and so many people I know. It's hectic. So, you you don't find it melodramatic.
3: You actually, you you kind of think, yeah, okay. Well, I can see why it connects with people, you know.
0: Like, it's broad enough that you can replace those names with anyone especially if you grew up, like, small town, grew up regional. This was, like, a sleepy hit. Like, this wasn't, like, a big successful single when it came out, but it's just bizarre to think that this song has kind of taken on a second life, like, later on. When did it do that? I guess in the 2000s. Like, I guess with people, like, coming back to this album and coming back to this song, like... For whatever reason, like, they've they've been playing it a lot. They always played it in their sets. It was always, like, a big thing. Like, mm. yeah, they've, they've always kind of positioned it towards the end of the set these days. I think a lot of people probably got into the song as kids and now, yeah. you know, you, or, like, you're like revisiting 20, 30 it. Yeah. years
1: old and you're like, oh, oh, I get it now. This is, like, those people that I had in my life that have fallen away. Yeah, yeah. totally, yeah.
3: totally. Okay. I guess I'm fortunate that I don't relate to the material that much. <laughs> so, yeah. Guess, so, it's a, yeah, it's
2: a, oh, that's a that's a bullet dodge. A super harsh um, family drag to compare someone who just had a couple of children with someone who OD'd. <laughs> yeah, Dexter. Yeah, fuck him up, Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do not like single mums, Dexter? Really?
0: <laughs> cancelled. He's cancelled, baby. They're the kids
2: that aren't alright.
3: Like the uh, kids you had are, are jerks. <laughs> hey, some kids can be jerks. It's time we talked about that. Kids
0: can be so cruel. And number 96, this is spider with Plastic. Spiderbait, coming in at number 96 in the 1999 Hottest 100, that's a song called Plastic. Spiderbait, of course, making their debut in the Hottest 100. Andrew, what do you think? <laughs> of 1999, baby! Nathan. Yeah. What a nice, lovely song!
1: What a fucking ripper! <laughs> I don't think I've I've heard. Well, I, I don't remember listening to this properly before. This
0: I had the CD single of nice. this song. Nice. Very nice. How many?
1: We'll do this later. I wonder how many out of a hundred CD singles of this countdown you did
0: have. Let's find out.
1: Are we up to two? I think it's going to be two. All right, all right. Two is the number to beat,
0: everyone. <laughs>
1: This is great, though. So, this is um, off the album Grand Slam.
0: My favorite Spider-Bait album. Really? Oh. Yes, absolutely. Nice. 10%. There you go.
1: A good choice. It yeah, came after the obviously huge breakthrough of... um. Ivy and the, the Big, Ivy, Big, Big Apples. Apples. Big Apples. Yep. My second favorite Spider-Bait album. We have talked Spider-Bait about album. Spider-Bait before this. They're
3: becoming like old friends. They've reached old friend status. Yeah. Like Your mates. you're like, yeah. yes. Yeah.
1: But this is just like a really wonderful just kind of fun rock song i love that guitar tone it's so like oh. fuzzy but also really bright and it's warm it's- and it is Thick Which guitar up. tone <laughs> on this album is
2: insane. <laughs> but also, it sounds it sounds like a cheap guitar with a good amplifier. Yeah. Like I love that sound. It's so
3: digital. It's, yeah, it's what it digital. It's yeah, just, yeah. There's no warmth to yeah, it. It's yeah. just pure. I love it. love it. It's like static, right? It's yeah, about it as close as a sick. guitar yeah.
2: tone can get to static. It's clear. And I think on this record as well, This not just this song, but in general, David, back me up here. Mm. There's a lot more pop songwriting oh, chops time. on, yeah, this, yeah, on yeah. this record. And it's here as well. Even though like the Janet songs... Are the more poppy ones, but even here with Cram on the Vox, just great pop accessibility in the totally. songwriting, in the in, in the ability, but housed in this like wonderfully like. Staticky guitar rock song. And what Spider-Bait do so goddamn well and it's 100% here Their songs are the sounds of Australian summer. Not just summer, there's sounds of Australian summer. You are in a car on your way to the beach and there's or a, a barbecue or a barbecue and there's an esky full of ice cold beverages in the boot. You yeah. are going to have a good afternoon. Hell yeah. They <laughs> they know how to create that sound, man. It's mm. so good. I'm kind of annoyed that like summer is overrepresented as a
3: season in music in terms of feels. If you was a winter music my friend <laughs> <laughs> you got some winter cheer. Yeah, no, but where's like, where's like autumn and spring? The There's milder, autumn-
1: better seasons. There's some autumn. Spring music could be, I guess, any song about like getting it on would be spring, you know? Oh, any fuck song. Yeah. But I think also like Spider Bay, d-
3: do something that on the surface is really simple, but like I feel like... I want to dive into what it is a whole lot more and, and maybe I get there and I find that I can't because it's just so self-evident, but it's like, what are they doing that they play with like pop, but they subvert it to being, alt- you know, really alternative sounding with the aggression and like childish and innocent, but also, you know, having that, that kind of bite to it and that, that level of anger it's kind of underneath the surface they're playing with all these opposites but they make it seem so whole and complete and indivisible every spider bait song does it as well like it's a constant thing that they manage to just reinvent again and again and again and it's complicated but they keep nailing it and that's exactly what you have in this song, like, man, I, I love the pounding aggression of it at the same time as, like, it being such an easy thing to
2: sing along with. Yeah.
1: And when the chorus kicks in after that, oh, like, man. That, that rest, like, but, ah, yeah. uh, oh, it's, it's so good. It's so satisfying.
2: Also, small thing, but I do want to bring up the snare is so, so well-tuned. It is just so tight and lovely to hear that snare beat on the fucking floor on the floor. I'm here for that heaps tight. Again, Cram... Killing it with that as well. Mm. Hey, also, going back to the kind of themes you're talking about
3: with Passenger, I believe that they're present in the lyrics of this song as well. It's like saying, you can do whatever you want, but you're too busy doing what you need to do today to just kind of get by. Mm. So, you're stuck in your head thinking about all the things that you want to achieve and all the dreams that you have, but no, you're not going to do that. Which also
1: is like a bit of a prequel song to The Kids Aren't Alright. Well... Yeah, these <laughs> people yeah. never made it to the barbecue. It's
3: all canon. It's all linked, baby. It's, it's a rich tapestry. Hell I love yeah. that barbecue line. You mentioned oh, it. Oh, it's so good. It's like They're always there with the barbecue for you to fry on. Yeah. Oh, so
0: good. That's a ripper. That, like, that- especially rhyming with a shoulder for you to cry yeah. on. Yeah, that's, that's a good fucking friend,
2: man. They're mm. there for the emotional support, but they're also there to like- have a relaxing, good, like, afternoon feast with you. And, yeah. like, and, 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 like, they're a summer and a winter friend. Yeah, and yeah. saying, like, there's a barbecue They're way you. better
0: than the friend in Pure Morning, that uh, placebo. Mm. <laughs> well, the friend who fucks. Yeah. No, the friend with weed. Oh. And who teases. Oh, that's a pretty good friend. <laughs> <laughs> man <laughs> What kind of We're friend? What kind of friend roasts another friend? Like well, who look, would do such a
2: thing? We all we all record podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, like just everything that at this point Spider touched turned into pure sun- gold. Turned into uh, sunshine, a man. rainbow. They yeah. kill it, man. It's just fun. oh my it's, god. I love this. Yeah, so so yeah. much. It's almost like I don't want to be overanalyzing it. It's just, I, I just want to embrace it What's for high? this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This for this like super fun shot in the arm of, like, happiness that it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's, a, it's, heroin, a, but- it's,
0: <laughs> a, it's that insane fuzz on the riff. It's the, you know, that melody that gets in your head. It's the rumble of the bass. It's the payoff of the chorus. There's just so much going on here that you're just enamored with everything that they do. And it's lean. And it's- mm. Yeah, they get in, they get out, they get the job done. I can see yeah. you're ready to go And off it goes. Perfect. Perfect.
3: Who's ready for 1999 edition of When Your Faves Love Your Faves? I am. All right. In 1998, Cram and Richie Lewis of the band Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Yes, they had a band together. They did called the Hot Rollers, which was so named because both of their mums were hairdressers. that's uh, amazing Pure I the, love it Pure The mums listened to the album They thought it was not bad Maybe a little bit loud And they worried that they weren't using ear protection <sighs> oh, Yes, oh, mums. yes. That's, that, I just made that Good up God <laughs> damn it.
1: Good on you mum yeah. I was worried yeah. you were going to bait and switch it And be like Spiderbait did uh, like A split EP with Sugar Ray <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sugar Ray did tour with Live That's yeah, that, a real that, that thing that sense. happens. <laughs> I reckon I would have gotten us all tickets for that tour And you would have all bailed on me <laughs> Yes.
1: Does it count as bailing if I tell you not to get me a ticket beforehand? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got you the VIP one, so you, so you can get a photo with, with Mister. Do not to do this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you doing this after me saying no is toxic. Yeah. I'm letting you go. <laughs>
0: They're going to swap around. They're going to swap around. So Mark McGrath's going to front live and Ed Kowalczyk's going to front Sugar Ray. I even hate the All name right, Mark in. McGrath.
3: <laughs> like, even that's annoying to me. Ooh-wah, Sounds like a villain, McGrath. doesn't it?
0: <laughs> but yeah, this is a absolute fucking joy and I'm very excited that we have a couple more spider Bait songs to talk about in this countdown. What a treat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands and the start of yet another season of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Here we are. Here we are now. We are doing this. We are doing this for you. We are doing this for the good people at FBI Radio who we are eternally grateful for having us in their facilities. Thank you so, so much. And thank you, dear listener, for either hopping on board or staying on board and not getting off the train uh, when we stop at the hundreds and hundreds of stations. This is not an express train by any means. Like, you are spending a lot of time on this train. You spent several years on this train. (laughs) Uh, Before we uh, mosey on out of here, we have some business to attend to. Oh, yeah. Yes, we do. Uh, So, for any new listeners, what we do throughout the entire countdown... Every episode, we pick our favorite and our least favorite song that we talked about that episode. And we also have an ever-continuing story that involves Carryover Champs, which is our favorite song at the countdown overall, and a Carryover Chump, which is our least favorite song in the countdown overall. And that continues all the way through to the very bitter fucking end. My favorite from this episode was Plastic by Spiderbait, and my least favourite is very, very difficult because I have a bit of love for all of these songs, but probably Eskimo Joe, unfortunately, has to be my least favourite. Mm. Well, it is terrible, so I agree with you <laughs> there. I mean, don't my- fuck yourself. <laughs> my- so, because we we're at the very first episode, these have automatically become my carryover champ and my carryover chump. My favourite of the five and de facto
2: champ is The Osprey and The Kids Aren't Alright, my least favourite, and honestly, it's going to be a long-running chump, <laughs> is Sugar Ray's Every Morning. It is going to be a long-running chump, isn't it? It's yeah. clear chump. It's a clear for me. stinker. Clear it, it, chump it, for me. This is the earliest big stinker we've had
1: in a few years.
3: Yeah. Um, Spider-Bait
2: is also pretty clear champ.
3: And Snap we'll on those? that, yeah.
1: Adam. Plastic and Every Morning.
0: All right. We will be back very, very soon to share with you more songs from the realm of 1999. Until then... On behalf of my dearly departed friends, Adam Buncher. Uh, yeah. Andrew McDonald. <laughs> Good night. And just briefly as well, if you like the music that's part of
2: this episode, don't forget that is by the always brilliant Sweet Potato, fucking genius. We're stoked to have his beats segueing between our songs. Look him up. He's the man. Once again.
3: Oh, yeah. And you can also check out um, his other project as well. There's just had a new release called Mowgli.
0: Yes, he plays drums in that band. I didn't know that a vegetable could play drums, yet alone play drums that well. And yet here we are, defying science. Fuck science! Whoa.
1: And on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, it's it's just new science. Like it doesn't like if something <laughs> changes, it doesn't mean science is bad.
0: Science adjusts its views, man. That's part of science. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's you. Nathan, the science guy. <laughs> My name is David James Young. Everything is good for you. I want a divorce. Get off me. I want a divorce. I don't love you anymore. This is how it's
3: going to go. I'm going to take custody of the kids. If you agree to the divorce right
2: now, I will allow visitation. (gasps) Okay? Don't try to fight it.